Hi. So, you don't know me, but you will soon. Let's talk about a few things. First, I'll start with who I am. Welcome to What Everything with me, Malik Clark. So, what is this podcast going to be about? Well, if the title isn't descriptive enough, I'll explain to you some of the things that I'm interested in. Uh, As a kid, I definitely had a variety of interests, but in general, I would say they all had to do with investigation, exploration, and self-knowledge. So many of the things that I find myself interested in now have to do with higher levels or more intricate, detailed aspects of those things. So let me first start out with where I came from and who I am. So I'm 23 and I actually grew up right outside of D.C. in an area colloquially known as Nova, Northern Virginia, and it's an interesting place, to say the least, but I can't say I regret anything about my youth, but if I were to have made a choice, probably would have lived somewhere more rural. I don't like the idea of having to take a car everywhere, but having no nature to go to. I don't really like the idea of even having to worry about how to spend your time in a very boring capitalist strip mall trap, you know? So that's where I grew up, and mainly uh, I had a good time. Um, I really enjoyed being in high school, even though it was not easy. Um, For the most part, I felt a part of it. You know, I definitely felt like I I got the experience that I wanted. And um, it's shaped the person who I am now, of course. So everything has. So that's a little bit about me. Um, yeah, so in these times, I think it's important that we have very honest conversations about things that we often don't worry about. And I think it's best that we start now. When we should have started yesterday. So continue with me in the next segment. Hey, so I'm just going to throw this in here. This podcast is definitely a spiritual one and is an open one. And it's one where we absolutely do believe in astrology. So if you do happen to be, mm, let's say, a heterosexual cisgender man who thinks that the concept of when you're born is insignificant, feel free to leave. This isn't for you. You won't learn anything. And that's okay. Many, many other things are for you. All right. Now, to the business. So I want to talk about two things today, and hopefully I keep it succinct as much as I can. I am a rambler, so I'm going to have to learn how to 
roll with that and make sure that what I say is relevant. So, two things are this. Anti-fragility. What it is. How can we be anti-fragile? And two, inspirational people for me that I think you should know about. So, let's start with this concept. So, what is anti-fragility? So, if something is fragile, it easily breaks. Of course, we understand that. But we don't necessarily have an idea of what it means to be anti-fragile. And so, the way I'm going to define that for everyone to understand who doesn't yet is that what you want to be as a person is continually strengthening yourself, continually working on building yourself to a state which is more stable and more solid and well-developed to combat the idea of fragility. For example, one thing that I have in my life that's very important is movement and dance. I dance every day. I move all the time. I try to move in different ways all day. Now, there are some philosophy that I implore when I do that, but in general, I just want to be moving. For me, sedentary life is absolutely synonymous with depression, and so I absolutely avoid it. I avoid it because I know how it feels, and I've known it very well. So for me, antifragility is that in a way, but it's also many other things. Um, another example is that I really crave self-reliance. And so being self-reliant requires you to understand where you do rely on things outside of yourself. And for me, it's actually taken a lot of inner work looking at my life and trying to focus on the things that I have offloaded to people other than myself in terms of being there for me in a way where I can actually be there for myself. And that goes very far and very wide if that's the case. For me, I think it depends on what you're talking about, but in general, I am a very solitary person. I have very, very few close friends and a lot of people don't know a lot about me. And so in terms of relying on others, it's something that I do in a very closed capacity. What I'm more concerned about generally is reliance on the society at large, right? So where does my food come from? Where does my health care come from? Who is controlling me? How can I move? These are things I'm concerned about. I want to be as independent as I can possibly be. And so I really have to consider how I structure my life in terms of learning how and managing the ways that I can be more independent on my own. So I'm definitely going to go further into this in other episodes, but it's a concept I want to introduce you to because it's something that defines the way I am kind of grabbing and bringing things into my life at the moment. And I hope that you can consider this too. We do live in a very... Mm, I don't know what the right word is, but it's a time and this period in human history is really demanding of us to rely on ourselves. Um, as we understand, I think largely our governments are not going to be there for us when we really do need them to be. 
And so it's our job to step in and actually figure out the ways in which we can support our own selves and our own communities, independent of the machinations of our global government. So, anti-fragility. You'll hear this word again, and we'll bring it into the concepts of the people who inspire me, but for now, I'll leave you with the definition. Anti-fragile. Becoming a better version, a stronger version of yourself. All right, and just because I forgot to do this before, let's talk a little bit about my astrology. First, I guess I should say, if you don't believe in astrology and you heard the disclaimer and you actually maybe are on the fence or you do want to understand more, well, I'm only as good as I am at explaining my astrology as I am at explaining astrology at large. something I want to work on, but I really can't sell it to you. It's not something that I understand in a way where I can argue it against not believing in it. However, I understand in my own life how my astrology has affected me and how my astrology is accurate to the experiences and the way I move through the world. And so I can reference myself. So that being said, I am Libra Sun, Cancer Moon, Cancer Rising. That means a lot of things, but generally speaking... I like the middle. There's definitely a journey I've had to make in terms of making decisions. And I am the mom friend. I am the voice of reason. I am definitely someone who always worries about my friends and my family. I worry. I'm a worrier and that's not necessarily cancerian thing but it is an aspect of my life that has flowed through that cancer energy and i've had to deal with it and in the last few years i found myself actually understanding how to kind of pull that worry and move in a more faithful way now i'll say as a child i was very very intuitive I don't think I even understood what intuition was until I had stopped listening to my intuition. And so at that point, I had to figure out how to get it back. And it was a very long journey that I'm actually still on, as you know, anyone can be. Trusting your intuition, moving through it is not easy, especially when our world at large essentially teaches us to abandon it you know abandon the vibes you feel when someone's off abandon the feeling that you're in the wrong place abandon the idea that the person you're dating is for you or isn't oftentimes we know we know these things and yet we deny our sense of our own truth so that being said generally speaking cancer energy is seen as a very intuitive energy and so it's one i definitely connect to a lot it's um we're all intuitive but i definitely feel like the way that i think which is what the moon sign 
typically represents like your thought process is intuitive. I am an intuitive thinker. I often like doing things that feel correct, you know, uh, as rational as I can be, I make choices based on the feeling. You you know, I'm going to be your friend because you feel like a good friend, not because you are someone that I think would be a good friend. You have to be the person who brings the vibes. You can't fake the vibes. So that being said, that's generally kind of an overview, at least as far as I want to go right now. A few other things about my astrology. Um, I am a Scorpio Mars and Scorpio Venus. Uh, what else? Uh, my Mercury is in Virgo. And um, that's it for now. We'll get into it. But hey, feel free to look that up. Um, or don't. Honestly, I don't care. But we can expand on this in later segments and later episodes. Yeah. And all right. So that actually leads me into my first person of inspiration uh, that I want to talk to you about that I'd like to introduce you to. And her name is Amber Khan. And there's very few people that I even really want to speak about. But this woman has helped me so much gain a sense of self, learn more about diving deep, understand the world and how we all move through it as souls, as people. On this journey, I can't say enough. So let's talk about Amber Khan for a second. So Amber Khan is an astrologer, a tarot reader. And in general, a boss woman who truly has paved the way for a lot of the things that I want to do in terms of supporting me and being a voice that has touched so many people. So she has an Instagram and a YouTube channel called The Quietest Revolution. And I've been listening to her for a few years. I've been following her for a few years. And... I really can't say too much other than if you don't know how to believe in astrology, follow her. Listen to what she says. Listen to how she explains herself. She understands how the world plays out in a way where it can be explained simply. And one thing that I understand is that I don't understand much. But one thing I think I understand is that if you do want to explain something, the only way to know if you know it is if you can explain it simply. And that's going to be one of the methods I can hopefully use during the podcast so that I can bring concepts to people who are unfamiliar with them and explain them well by explaining them simply. I think a lot of times, because there are things that are complex in the world, we assume they have to be introduced to us in a complex way. That is not the case, at least in my opinion. And so my goal is to understand how to bring a high concept into a small explanation. So with that being said, I could ramble all day about Amber Khan, but please check her out. She's the quietest revolution on Instagram, Twitter, and 
YouTube, I almost said Facebook. I don't think she has a Facebook, and I don't even use Facebook. All right, so that being said, in general, we are going to talk about people who are in their own respect self-actualizing or self-actualized who people who are actually looking to become someone of value and understand that being of value is a complex thing which is not about being perfect or even being completely right uh but honestly usually it's vulnerable and and open so with that being said the first person i want you to explore is amber khan and let's go to another amazing person who i would like you to look up okay so second person we're going to talk about today his name is nasim haramain and i hope i'm saying that right i'm going to spell it for you it's n-a-s-s-i-m-h-a-r-a-m-e-i-n and because I'm on his website, I'm just going to read the synopsis of a description of him. And I'll just tell you kind of what he means to me afterward. Okay? So, Nassim Haramein has spent more than 30 years researching and discovering connections in physics, mathematics, geometry, cosmology, quantum mechanics, biology, and chemistry, as well as anthropology and archaeology. These studies led Harmain to groundbreaking theories, published papers, and patent inventions in unified physics, which are now gaining worldwide recognition and acceptance. Harmain's findings are based on a fundamental geometric quantization of space-time, formalizing a unification between the quantum scale and the cosmological-sized objects, including the universe itself. I'll stop there. So, that might be a lot to take in. But when I tell you this person, this genius, is probably one of the living Einsteins, if not the only living Einstein that we have. He is. He is the guy. He's the guy. Now, many people don't really understand the difference between physics and quantum physics and the different aspects of the theory of everything. But in general, what I think I understand is that there is a huge disparity between trying to understand how very, very small things work and very, very big things, such as the entire universe. And so when we try and reconcile the things that... Oh my gosh. My cat just bust through my room. And joining us. Hi, Henry. Totally lost my train of thought. So, essentially, when we reconcile the two things, the very small and the very large, it's very, very difficult to understand where they connect. Right? So, quantum physics is the science of the fundamental particles that make up the things that make us up. And then... Generally, the theory of everything or unified theory of physics is also explaining how the universe forms, how it functions, how it runs, and everything that's involved in 
the way that we interact with it. And Nassim Harmain has an amazing website and an amazing body of work that has changed the way I view the world more than anything that I have ever encountered. And in the same way that I discovered him through Amber Khan, I also feel like, as she characterized it, she kind of suspected these things that he had discovered, explained, researched. And I feel very, very similarly. I felt learning about his theories that I almost suspected, like I suspected this was more accurate way of viewing the universe and and i'm not going to do it justice by explaining his theory other than i'll say this one thing that he claims is that black holes are fundamental to the function of the world the singularity the point at which the black hole collapses into itself the you know infinitely massive point it's fundamental to all structures, everything, and our understanding of it will also help us understand how everything else works. And although we do have a theory of how black holes work, we don't understand them on a general physics level. We claim to, um, and I don't really feel like that claim is incredibly strong. We know there are phenomenons that um, look like black holes, we don't know what happens beyond the event horizon. We don't know what happens really inside. We can create models, but we don't understand it completely. And I feel like Nassim has gotten us closer to a more broad understanding of unified physics, the world, its historical features of our society, the reasons why we have chosen some things in history that aren't easily explained given our perspective of what is worth doing what historical stories are explaining and and in general what are we as a group as humans you know are we connected and in which ways do we have ways in which we exist beyond the body is there anything beyond the consciousness that we all feel as though is an individual experience well he has a lot of answers to these questions and i implore you to please visit his website it is called resonancescience.org um check it out even if you look up his lecture on youtube it's worth seeing all of it, I promise you. Um, again, I won't ramble. We have other people to talk about. But another person who is incredibly, incredibly fundamental to my worldview at this point. That being said, I have to say, one of the most amazing people in the world as well, Seem Harmaid. Go get him. Okay, so let's talk about another person. So let's see. We just talked about physics. Now let's move on to math, generally speaking. Of course, math is physics. 
physics is math rather, but it's a little more than that. So let's talk about a mathematician by the name of Robert Edward Grant. You can find him on Instagram by that same name. And he posts a lot of his discoveries there. So he is a person who investigates a lot of patterns and connections between the things that we don't necessarily completely understand connections between. I'll give you an example. So he recently posted something about these three units of measurement. The first being a foot, the second being a cubit, and the third being a meter. And so of course, in America at least, we know the foot. It's 12 inches. The cubit is a measurement that was used in ancient Egypt, and it's actually 1.718 feet. And then the meter, of course, is used throughout the world, and it is 3.281 feet. Now, if I just say those numbers and put them out there separately, it doesn't seem like there's any correlation between those values. But what he has done, and if you go to his Instagram, you'll see the post, he plots each of these values on a geometric display or geometric pattern that illustrates the relationship between each of these measurements that is absolutely fundamental to geometry and it makes you wonder well if we find these things to be arbitrary were they ever arbitrary i mean there is such a huge argument as to whether or not the foot or the meter is a more accurate or useful value but they both are fundamental to the way that geometry functions that's only one way to look at his work, and it's the most recent thing I can reference. He's done so many things uncovering fundamental patterns of mathematics that I can barely explain with my own words. Um, I really hope that you can visit his page yourself and see some of the things that he has discovered. Um, most of it is mind-blowing, but it does kind of solidify in my mind that mathematics is not something that we fundamentally understand right now it's something that in my opinion and i think the opinion of many other people it is not discovered it is we meet it somewhere it's a conversation between us and the patterns of the universe it emerges from something that we are continuously interacting with which is the universe itself. I think as we progress as a species, our understanding of mathematics will fundamentally change the way that we view all things. Music, art, history, architecture, genetics, beauty. All these things are related to mathematics. And so... Beyond that, let's talk about another example that he has done, or an example of something that he has done that is also profound. So one thing that I find to always be fascinating is the idea of the Great Pyramid of Giza. 
right? It's one of the most ancient objects in the world, one of the most pristine wonders of the world. Pristine, pristine, maybe not the right word, but um, definitely fascinating, let's say. And so one thing we need to keep in mind is that what were these buildings? In my opinion, they were not anything as to... They weren't close to what we think they were. Many people think there were tombs. It's very clear they weren't tombs. There has never been any body found in any pyramid, just so that we all know that. At the same time, we have not yet discovered all the chambers of the Great Pyramid, and we only understand some of the ones that we have even uncovered and things that are encoded within the structure of the rooms and the halls themselves. Now, he's done a lot of work theorizing what the Great Pyramid actually does represent. And what I believe the Great Pyramid represents in general is that what we will know when we do understand what the Great Pyramid is encoding for us mathematically will push us past a point, past a threshold, where in which when we do cross, we will have been granted such a knowledge as humanity that we will be enlightened to the point that I think those ancient people hoped they could encode and leave for the future. Now, I think oftentimes we do believe that the ancient world is primitive, and that's one of the failures of our modern society, is that we view the past as primitive and the future as complex. Reality, a lot of things in the ancient world are completely misunderstood by us, so Robert Grant really does shed light on these things and demonstrate an understanding and a discovery and an intuitive nature and just an intelligence that is I have never seen anywhere else. I think it's really worth visiting his page um, and just taking a deep dive as to some of the things that he is mentioning and the implications of it um there are so many things i can mention so many small things that i can't even do justice when explaining but all that being said we all have instagram check him out it's worth it he also has worked with nasim harmain and has a course on his website called the etymology of number and um, amazing. I think there's another course, um, The Language of Light. And um, both amazing, amazing works. So feel free to see math as a unfolding mystery. And it becomes fascinating again. We all have gone through math in high school, uh, elementary, middle. Some of us found it fun most of us probably found it annoying daunting useless but in reality it's one of the most powerful things that we can understand as conscious beings so with that being said check him out woo so finally 
The last person I want to introduce you to today. There are many, actually, but someone who has affected me very recently and very profoundly is a man named Eric Weinstein. And he also has a theory of everything that he has proposed um, and presented to people who I don't necessarily understand the authority. Honestly, academic things to me, um, I'm not really well connected to it. I don't remember. I believe it was at Oxford, but I don't understand the group of people who he was presenting to, potentially professors. I did listen to his explanation. Um, it was very hard to grasp. However, so he himself is another person who is a very profound voice in terms of self-determination and cultural critique. Um, in the way that I understand him, he is a very radical person in terms of his ideas his way of thinking and his approach i've seen him talk about many things he has a fabulous podcast called the portal please check it out but the thing that i found most fascinating recently was his podcast with lex friedman who has a podcast about artificial intelligence and it was, I guess, their third conversation on that podcast of Lex's that really, really inspired me. They talked about people and being an influential person and what it means to be influential in a way that, if I had not considered it before, it really solidified things in my mind about where we are as a society and what kinds of people we need to emerge from the aisles and get on stage. We have such a requirement at this point to really allow new voices to take us to new places. And the more we do that, the faster we learn about each other and the more we progress. So I'm on his I'm on his Twitter and Eric Weinstein's bio says math guy. So I'm gonna call him a math guy as well. And even though he's a math guy, he also has so many important and poignant points about things other than math. You know, sometimes math is simply a language and it's one of many that people know. And whatever language Eric Weinstein does speak, I know it. And it resonates with me on a level that is almost awe-inspiring. So one thing that I can remember even terribly about him that I think is accurate is that one thing that he has a problem with in terms of his academic career, and I may be wrong, is the idea of specialization and that our culture currently essentially only encourages one to specialize. You know, say you want to be an astronomer, you are an astronomer. 
or you're an anthropologist, you're an anthropologist only. I've always had a problem with this. It's part of the reason why I didn't go to college because specialization seems to be essentially a death sentence in many ways. Oftentimes, people spend their entire life trying to focus on one discipline. When in reality, a lot of the discoveries that are made are made between two disciplines or between multiple disciplines. The the most profound and relevant discoveries are made when multiple things are fit together and made to talk um, so the idea of hyper-specialization seems to be almost a death sentence for academia in the West. And sometimes I wonder if it's on purpose. You know, we live in this culture of science where we require the most senior to essentially have to die in order for us to seriously consider new ideas. And I find that to be fundamentally a mistake. And so I generally don't find academic rigor to be something that I find to be of extreme, mm, extreme importance. That's the best way to put it. You know, peer reviewed papers and long dissertations oftentimes are someone's entire life's work and it's not to say that isn't a good thing at times but it simply is not the best way to catalyze knowledge so with that being said there's so much more i could mention but i feel like if i tell you to listen to the podcast i guess start with the first round that they did with lex friedman and eric weinstein and then make it to the third. And once you get to the third, you'll understand what I mean. Of course, his own podcast, The Portal, is just as good. But the interaction between those two people was something that I found to be very, very timely and and, and necessary. Um, the things they talked about regarding where we're at politically really did kind of clue me into what we're dealing with. And I find it to be important. In fact, really one of the reasons why I've started this podcast now is following my listening to that episode. There are there have been a there's been a sequential like group of people who have been encouraging me just personally kind of by their existence to step out and decide to speak myself, but the episode I'm mentioning was the one. And so with that being said, I'm going to wrap this episode up so that I can prepare for the next one. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to do this again. You're all my friends now, so don't worry about it. You can contact me. You can ask me any question. Um, I'm going to ask you questions. This is not a speaker box. This is like a club meeting, not a cult, (laughs) but a club. We come together because we want to 
leave each other with something to take away. This is a journey that requires us to spend time alone and enjoy it. And so with that, I leave you with this. Take time to think about how you can rely on yourself. Take time to really think about what we do that truly makes us more fragile than we need to be. Take time to consider the ways in which you generalize and make conclusions that aren't fundamentally useful for you. I will probably be back next week or the week after. I'll talk about something else. I'll bring some of these concepts into play. I will kind of study up um, and prepare myself to be able to talk more about these topics that I'm interested in. And um, I'll see you then. Until then, blessings. Okay, one last note, because there's always one last note. So I have an Instagram that I just created, and I'm going to use it for many of the things I haven't been able to convince myself to for the longest time. And feel free to follow me there. I'm going to be posting these episodes and more supplemental content there, um, kind of collecting some of the people I follow into a um, just a place that you can you can see them. Um, so feel free to follow me at Instagram backslash at cardio not so that is c a r d a o n a u g h t cardio not all right catch you on the flip